Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. FOMO. My name is Patrick J. McGinnis, and I'm a FOMO sapiens. And since you're here, I'm going to bet that you are too. And when you're like us and Monday comes around, you don't dread the new week. No, you wake up every Monday morning knowing that this week might just be the best one yet. This is Faux Monday, the snackable show that starts your week right with hot takes, life hacks, listener mail, and even some FOMO therapy. Hey everybody, this is Faux Monday, the snackable companion to FOMO Sapiens. Of course, we will be back on Thursday with a full episode of FOMO Sapiens. But until then... Happy Faux Monday, best day of the week. I am your host, Patrick J. McGinnis, venture capitalist by day, author and podcaster by night, and FOMO Sapiens 24-7. And we're going to be talking today about how to spot trends and avoid fads. Now, why is that? Because on Thursday, I have a really kind of luminary of the business world and the business thinking world coming on the show. His name is Keith Ferrazzi. And if you haven't heard of him, you've probably heard of his super famous kind of like, it's one of these books that like everybody kind of reads at one point or another. It's called Never Eat Alone. I read it, I guess, probably 15 years ago or something. And maybe later, I can't quite remember. But the point is, it's a book about the fact that like you can use all the aspects of your life to meet people. So don't eat alone, eat with somebody and you can meet them. And it's like a kind of a book about the power of networking. And Keith is awesome. In fact, I was introduced to him randomly by a friend who lives in LA where he lives and talked to him when my first book was coming out. And Keith, although, you know, I was kind of like, you know, a nobody and he didn't know who the heck I was. He was willing to take a look at my book and he was kind enough to give me a blurb. And I just remember that made me feel a lot more confident because I was like, if Keith Ferrazzi says that this book is worth your time, maybe people will believe him and take a look. And so I was super appreciative. And now he has a new book out. It is called Competing in the New World of Work. And I interview him on Thursday about it. It's cool because he, it's kind of, the guy has perfect timing, much better timing than me. I mean, who, who writes a book about FOMO that comes out during lockdown? This is not a good, a good moment, right? But he has a book about the new world of work post-pandemic that comes out right now when we're all getting back to work. So nice job, Keith. You got the timing. He must've made a deal with the devil to get that kind of timing, but it is, it's a really good book and I enjoyed it. I found it to be quite useful. And so we will get into all of his big ideas on Thursday. But until then, I just want to talk about like how to spot trends and avoid fads. Because as I was thinking about, you know, the book that he wrote, I was like, he's a kind of a, I don't know, it's about the future of work, right? So it's like spotting the trends and the fads and separating them and figuring out how we deal with both of them. 
And so I just, I think that's important. And especially as, listen, I live in the world of FOMO. So I'm always kind of studying this stuff. And so I too think about it as well. And I just want to get into it because it's an interesting topic that, by the way, I don't have all the answers. Like we don't, things that I think are dumb fads become major trends. So, you know, don't look at me if something that I say is totally wrong. But I do think that all of us can parse those things out. And they're important in business because if you're chasing the fad all the time and we know those, you know, those people who it's like first they were working in some like very dumb startup, then they got into cannabis, then they got into crypto. Now they're into NFTs. Next, they'll be into psychedelics. And I'm not saying that you can't do these things successfully, but it's like they're flitting from one fad to another. It's just, it's not, I don't know, it's not entirely the most credibility enhancing thing I have ever seen of people that I know. So you don't want to do that. But let's get into it. What is a fad? Well, a fad is an intense and widely shared enthusiasm for something, especially one that is short-lived and without basis in the object's qualities. It's a craze. And I got that from the, the, the famous Google Dictionary. And this is the best part. This is where I was like falling off my chair when I was researching because the example they give, listen to this one. Prairie restoration is the latest gardening fad in the Midwest. Okay. I don't know what that even means. Maybe somebody from the Midwest could write me in, but I just thought that was such a, like this is an example as a New Yorker. I was like, I don't know what that means. That's not a fad I've heard of, but it made me kind of smile. Now, fads aren't all bad, okay? Fads can have value and they can change organizations a lot. Think about the old ALS ice bucket challenge. Like, when's the last time you thought of that? It was a fad, right? But fad can be powerful. The power of fad in terms of marketing, it can increase top of mind awareness. It can demonstrate that your organization is like with it. It's timely. It knows what the kids are thinking. And it can bring new audiences into the fold. So that's all good stuff. But the challenge, of course, is like the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge is gone. Nobody's doing it anymore. And so like if you were the board of directors of the ALS Foundation and you were like, okay, we're going to do this every year and it's going to generate massive interest in funds and we should budget around that. No, no, no. You can't do that because fads are like lightning strikes. They, they, they just kind of disappear after Now let's talk about a trend, right? A trend, on the other hand, gets stronger over time and it does stick around. They have identifiable and explainable rises that are driven by the needs of the audience. They help solve a problem for people. And in the words of the forever awesome Seth Godin, Seth Godin, who, unlike Keith, wouldn't blurb my book. I can't believe I'm saying this in public. I don't fault you, Seth. You didn't know me, but still I asked you and you were like, meh. (laughs) <laughs> That's like some, I need a therapist on that one. Uh, this is what Seth says. And I'm, I'm, see, I'm over it because I'm actually saying nice things about him on my podcast. But this is what he said. He said, quote, a trend gains power over time because it's not merely part of a moment. It's a tool, a connector that will become more valuable as other people commit to engaging in it. Right? So it's like, that's what it is. It's like Atkins versus gluten-free. Atkins was a fad. Gluten-free seems like it's here to stay. Clubhouse versus TikTok. Clubhouse, total fad. TikTok, taking over the world. So that is the fad versus the trend. Now, but how do you manage with that uncertainty? How do you deal with, you know, not knowing which is which and how do you identify the difference between the two? Let's talk about that. FOMO. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, or delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. 
NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you improve efficiency by bringing all major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. And with rising prices everywhere you look, you got to do the math and save money. Good news, by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. So head over to netsuite.com slash FOMO. That's netsuite.com slash FOMO. netsuite.com slash FOMO. Tudo bem, meus queridos FOMO sapiens. Now that right there was Portuguese. And as you know, I love speaking foreign languages. But I'm not alone. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off that list with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Now, FOMO Sapiens, you know I speak four languages, and it takes work to stay on top of them, especially with French. C'est difficile. But with Babbel, I'm able to practice practical conversations that I can actually use in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash FOMO. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash FOMO. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash FOMO. Rules and restrictions may apply. FOMO. All right, so here is how you manage all that uncertainty between the trends and the fads. I got five things for you. Number one, do not put all your eggs in one basket. Experiment with that thing, knowing that even if it's a fad, it could bring really good lessons. You could build some muscles, as it were, around this kind of the thing that you're experimenting. For example, social media, the ALS thing. I mean, they learned a ton about social media, didn't they? But don't go all in and be ready to shift your strategy until and when you see sustained engagement. So that is the thing. Spot the fad. Say, okay, could be a fad, could be a trend. Let us dip a toe in. Let's have the 10% entrepreneur mindset. Let's learn about it. Let's go on the old clubhouse and check it out. But we're not going to sort of like do it full time until we know that this is really a thing. And by the way, that it's something that we want to do. That's important too. And, I, and Clubhouse is a great example. When Clubhouse started, the amount of people who were like, Patrick, you got to be on Clubhouse three hours a day. You build a huge audience. And I was like, well, I'm stuck inside because we're in a pandemic. So maybe. And I did try it. I went on there a few times and I quickly discovered like it eats your life. Be, building a following on Clubhouse, it's it just takes a lot of time. Time I don't have, I frankly. I, I, I want to watch TV. I don't want to be on Clubhouse. And then I started to notice, this was like the moment where I saw The Matrix. Like they had all these groups about how to make money on Clubhouse. So they were creating all this FOMO. It's like, oh, there's money here. You have to stick around. And the more time you're here, the more money you'll make. And I thought, this is negative. I'm going to get addicted to this or it's going to like suck up my life and I'm going to hate myself for it. And so I, I walked away. And frankly, I'm now recognizing that it was a total fad. Like who's on Clubhouse right now? Maybe some people. And I think it's good for sort of like micro communities. So I'm not totally hating on Clubhouse, but 
uh, just not for me. And frankly, had I spent all that time building an audience just to see nobody go on the app anymore, like who is even on there right now? I would have been super bummed out. So that is a great example of just walking away from the fad once you've experienced it. Like I did try it out, right? I just was like, not for me. Number two, build diverse teams to avoid groupthink, right? So this is like, I just think about venture capital. Venture capital is famous for flavor of the month thinking. I remember like at one point, everybody loved the internet of things. It's like, oh, you're going to have everything in your in your house is going to have like a little personality and talk to you. And your toaster is going to have a chip that's going to know, I don't even know how long you should toast the thing. And that was the thing. And so every VC fund was investing in hardware and it was a whole flavor of the month. And then it wasn't. And like you couldn't, if you told people you had a hardware company, they would literally run away screaming. And that happens all the time in venture capital. Now, part of it is because the job of VC is to invest in the vanguard and sort of think ahead and take risks. Yeah, that's so good, right? We love that. But this is something I encourage you to do. Go on to the web pages of VC firms and you will notice something. Everybody looks the same. Everybody went to the same schools. They all worked at the same companies. They are not diverse groups of people. And so they are more prone to groupthink. It's like, hey, wow, I've got this company. Oh, I love that. Let me just invest in it. And they don't think skeptically. And so having people in the mix who are different helps you to get away from chasing all the fads because people will say, that's a bad idea. Like, where did you get that from? Oh, your roommate at, you know, prep school? Well, you know, let's think a little more critically about that. And let's go out and talk to people who aren't just, you know, like you. And I think that's really, in any business, it's like, if you're building a business that you want to truly scale, you can't just talk to people who are just like you because yeah, you love the idea and probably people who live in your neighborhood will as well. But will people who live halfway across the country see it as well? Probably not. So definitely want to be diverse in your thinking. FOMO. FOMO. Number three, nah, I will say I, I just kind of criticize VC, but the approach that they take is smart because they make bad investments all the time, but they are taking calculated risks and they are diversifying. So when you're trying something new, you know, it's it goes back to point one about not putting all your eggs in one basket, but like be out there always trying to add new capabilities and experiences to the portfolio. You know, try the new drink on the shelf and see if you like it. Just be open-minded and don't go all in, you know? So it's that that's, it's like anything else in life. Balance is really important. You're, I'm, you're getting this from somebody who's like struggles with that, obviously. I'm like FOMO, but I, I find that when I am in a business setting, like for example, we just launched merch, right? We have the FOMO Sapien store and I didn't put 9,000 articles on there. We put, I think it was 10. And that was, originally I wanted to put 9,000, but having thought through it, I was like, well, I don't even know if people want these things. So let's just try it and see how it goes. Let's not, you know, buy a bunch of merchandise. Let's just make a calculated risk. And then we'll see if I can create a trend or even a fat. I would take a fat at this point, but <laughs> but uh, that is, that's the way that I approach that. Number four, be a skeptic. So if something feels really ridiculous, just lean into your skepticism. Like we all have spidey senses. And so if there's some fad that's coming out, like eating a Tide Pod, obviously none of us did that on this podcast, but there's there's things all the time. There are like all these health and wellness fads that you see on TV that are so ridiculous. It's like, you know, deal a meal or the thigh master. If something looks dumb, be skeptical. Look for some data as to whether that thing is for real or not. And you'll probably find that it is not. It's just marketing. 
Finally, keep a pulse on the market, gather data, and learn from your mistakes. Now, my favorite example of this is Crystal Pepsi. Anybody, raise your hand if you remember Crystal Pepsi. If you're of a certain age, you do. When I was a little kid, uh, I liked Sprite. Sprite was like a thing, man. Everybody drank Sprite all the time. It was like a phenomenon. And then Pepsi was, they got FOMO and they introduced Crystal Pepsi and it was it was gross. I remember like getting so excited. I went to my Shaw supermarket and bought myself some Crystal Pepsi and I went home and I drank it and I was like, this is terrible. And everybody laughed at Pepsi and they became a laughing stock. And so they were trying to create a trend. It wasn't even really a fad. It was sort of like just people made fun of them, but they were chasing the fad, which was clear sodas. And what they did, which I respect, is they, 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 they got the message real quick and they pulled it from the market. Now, they actually have run like a retro version of it as sort of a fun kind of marketing campaign, which I support that, but I'm not going to drink that stuff. It is disgusting. All right, so that's my five things. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Definitely build a diverse team. Think like a VC and take calculated risks. Be a skeptic and keep a finger on the pulse, gather data, and then make some decisions, even if they're hard decisions. And that's how you can deal with the risk of following fads and instead seek out the trends. All right, everybody. Curious what you think about this one? Feel free to reach me at Let's Connect at PatrickMcGinnis.com, on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis, and on Twitter at PJ McGinnis. And also let me know what you think of the merch. Do you hate it? Do you love it? Are you like, McGinnis, this is not a fad or a trend. It's just awesomeness. I'd love to know. Really curious. Or if there's something you'd like me to add to the mix, I would love that as well. All right, everybody. I will see you on Thursday with Keith Ferrazzi, the luminary. But until then, take care of yourselves, FOMO sapiens. FOMO. If you like today's show, please be sure to rate it and recommend it to your friends. And as always, you can find me on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis, on Twitter at PJ McGinnis, and on the web at FOMOSapiens.com or PatrickMcGinnis.com, where you can get all kinds of free resources to live a more decisive and entrepreneurial life. FOMO. Want more FOMO Sapiens and FOMO Monday? Head over to FOMOSapiens.com where you can listen to past episodes, learn more about the show, and find out how to advertise. You can also connect with me on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis and on Twitter at PJ McGinnis.